Good evening. I'm just going to go through a few last, two of the final Mishnayot in Shas. It starts in Uktin, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Yodalot. It says as follows, Chalesh Tavash, honeycombs that are found inside the beehive. When do these honeycombs become tome since they have been considered as a mashke, as a liquid? It's known that a solid can't become tome unless it's been touched by one of the seven liquids. Now honeycombs are solid in the beehive. When are they considered to be a liquid to be able to be susceptible to um, to be recovered from them? Beishamay Omrim Beishamay say you don't actually need them to become a mashke. At an earlier stage they're already considered to be a mashke. And it's described here in the Mishnah as Mishiacharche. Now the Balsanur gives three options for what that means, but all three of them mean before it actually becomes a liquid. One option is when the person who's removing this honeycomb decides, he thinks about it, he decides he's going to do it. Since it's going to become a liquid, that's already enough to be considered a liquid now. First shot. Another shot is the method they use for removing these honeycombs to get rid of, disperse all the bees is they pumped in smoke and that way the, the bees ran. So at that point, when he's uh, put the smoke into the beehive and the bees have now gone, at that point it's now considered to be a liquid, although it's not a liquid. And the final shot in the bottom there is, no, it still has to be at a later stage at, um, when, you, when they start heating up the honeycombs. Although they haven't been heated up yet, they're not hot enough, they haven't turned into a liquid, but since the process has started, they're already considered a liquid now. That's Beishamay's opinion. Beishamay's no, Mishiratic. Once you've started actually crushing it, or once you cut it out of the beehive, you have to have you have to have it actually starting to become a liquid the beginning of the crushing then it will be considered to be a liquid that's Mishnah Yodala and the very final Mishnah of Shas is Omer Abishur Ben Levi Osta Kodesh Baruch Hu Lehanchel Chol Tzadik or Tzadik HaKodesh Baruch is going to give to each Tzadik and Tzadik any type of Tzadik Beitilo, Beishamai, whoever, whatever the opinion is whether Halokha is like that person or not like that person every Tzadik will get in Olam Habor Sholish Meoy Vasora Olomus 310 worlds. How, what does that mean, 310 worlds? The Barthanur here explains it means that the enjoyment and the benefit that this world provides human beings is only one of 310 of what it is in Olam Habo. So imagine all the Hanor of Olam Hazer times 310, that's what's waiting for Tadikim for all eternity in Olam Habo. That's what the Mishnah says, and it learns from Apostle Shinema, Lahan Yesh, to endow my Oyovai, my loved ones, Yesh, Yud Shin, 310, 310 times the enjoyment of this world. I will fill up their storehouses. And the Mishnah ends, Omer of Shimon ben Chalasto, Lemotza Kodesh Brochu, Kli Maxik Brochel Yisrael. HaKodesh Brochu was unable to find any Kli, any vessel. Mastic brocha that could hold brocha, could hold blessingly Israel, for Klal Israel, Ella Shalom. The only kli that was able to hold brocha is peace. It's Shalom. Shalom ben Olam lechaveiro, Shalom ba'olam. That is the Shalom, then we can have brocha. Shenema, Hashem oizamo yitain, Hashem yivorite tamaga Shalom. Hashem will give Shalom, will give strength to Klal Israel, and will give them strength. I want to just, um, Expand this on the last part of the Mishnah where it says, "Hakadosh Baruch will give him kli machzik brocha Yisrael." Why is it called a kli? Shalom. Hashem said the Mishnah could have said as follows: If you want brocha, 
have peace. If you don't, if, if you don't have peace, you won't have Brokha. Why does the Mishnah express it in a way that Kodesh Brokha could only find a vessel <coughs> that was able to hold Brokha and that was peace? The vessel to hold Brokha is Sholem. Why is it described as a Kli? That's the question I'd like to address. First, I'd like to do the Hadron and then I'll spend a, spend a few minutes explaining that. That's okay. Hadron Allah, Shisha Sidri, Mishnah, Hadron Salam. Malta, to all people who are involved in the learning and all to those who are not. As I said, I'll just say a few words. A few words before um, the time arrives. There are a number of reasons why it's very apt to do a whole Sima Shnayat to mark the Yatai of Rahmun. And the, the first one that comes to mind, which is certainly not one, I don't think the most significant, is the Tosus Yontas, at the very end, the last Tosus Yontas in Shach. He points out how the very first mission in Shach begins with a man. Mei Masai, Kirin Tashma. And the very last Mishnah in Shach ends with a man. Varatus Amo Yisrael, Pasholim. And he makes a whole list of places where Mem is important and the number 40 um, plays a role. You can have a look over there, it's quite a complicated cheshvan. He shows the significance of 40. What better way to mark the 40th yard site of Rav Munt than to finish a Shaf Mishnayis which starts with the Mem, ends with the Mem, the number 40 that he says you want to explain at length the importance of it, how apt it is. I don't know if that was an intentional, intentional purpose for this. However, a broader reason given by the Vilna Gaon is the question of has, whenever I attend the CM that I wasn't actually taking part in the learning, is that why are we so accustomed to bring other people to a CM that we've learned? Very nice that we've learned it, but what has, ev- what has everyone else got to do with having a party for us finishing the Simcha Mahuaita, as we say? What's the point in having a party if someone else finishing tomorrow? You should say, you learn it and you make a theme. Why, why do we all join in? However, the, the precedent for this is in Shabbat, in the Gemara in Shabbat, Abayah says that if I see, he was a Rosh Hashiva Abayah, and he said, if I would see one of my Talmudin finish Shabbat, finish him Sefta, sorry, I would make a Yom Tovah Rabona. I'd call in all the Talmudin, Chachomim, all the Talmudin, and we'd have, a, we'd have a Simcha together. Clearly Abayah thought it was worthwhile. And the Marshal they asked this question. Why? Why is it worthwhile for other people to join in the Messiah Simcha? And he says that clearly from this Gemara it's apparent that although one person has learnt it, or in our case, many of us have learnt it, but there are many more who haven't, this Pastor Killer. Nonetheless, since we have a unit, be it a community of Kehillah, be it a yeshiva, whatever unit you have, whatever hole you have in any one of those units, have finished the Masechta, it's a simcha for everybody. And the Loshan of Mashor is quite, uh, quite extreme. He says like this, As if all that Kehillah, or all that yeshiva, had learnt it in its entirety. And it seems to, seems to be, because seeing as we're one Kehillah, we're one yeshiva, and from us we have a product who can produce it, and we're all in it together. So somehow we're all a part to that limit, to that zechus. We all are mitzvahs to the zechus of this person who's done this fantastic achievement. 
And therefore we all deserve to be besimcha, not just the person who learns. That's a bias. Now the Vilna Gaon points out on the word seum. The word seum, if you break it down into the four letters, Samach Yudvav Men, says, the letter Samach, you can write out the letter, right? Samach, how do you spell Samach? Samach Mem Koch. Now the, the gematria of Samach is 60. The remaining letters of the word Samach that you don't see in the, when you just see the letter Samach is Mem and Koch. And they also together add up to 60. So we have the, re- the revealed letter, the letter we see is 60, and the hidden letters are 60. So similarly with the next letter, which is the Yud. If you spell out the letter Yud as a word, it's Yud Vod Dalet. So the Yud has a gematria of 10, and the Vod and Dalet together have a gematria of 10. Again, the letter you see is 10, and the letters you don't see, the hidden one, are 10. And similarly with a Vod, Vod you just spell Vod Vod, it's a double Vod, so obviously that's equal. And Mem is the same. Mem is Mem Mem. It's also identical. And says the God, the, deeper, the meaning behind this is that there's some things you see, there's some things which are revealed, there's some things which everyone sees. And that's the word. That's the word seum. But behind that word there are other letters that you don't see. People who are just part of the unit, but they're not actually taking part practically in what you're doing now. People who are part of the yeshiva, but not actually making the seum now. But nonetheless, they're equal to what you do see. They're equal part of the whole, just as the seum is. The hidden part is equal to the revealed. And the word um something which is hidden, somui is written with the same letters as seum. Somui and seum are the same letters. And that's the same idea. So the seum is there's a hidden part to seum and a hidden part to somui. And therefore as a community as a kihila, we can all be basimka for the for this, uh, for this point. And this, this idea is, is also alluded to in the mission we've just read, and with this I'll, I'll finish. The question I asked on the Mishnah as to why the Mishnah describes Shalom as a vessel, as a plea for Brokha. Why doesn't it just say, if you have Shalom, you have Brokha. If you don't have Shalom, you don't have Brokha. Why is it said, if HaKadosh Brokha found a plea, a plea which was able to hold Brokha, and that was Shalom. Why is it described as a plea? And Vilna Gaon says as follows. He says, the classic key, the, the classic key is a barrel. And a barrel is not, uh, it's not one piece. It's made out of a number of staves which are held together with hoops, with rings at the top and the bottom and their lids and a base on the top and bottom. He says, the key, if this barrel, if the staves are tightly fitted, if there's unity and harmony between the staves, and they're tightly fitted, then you can pour the most precious wines in there, oils, whatever one, and they'll stay safe. But if there's a pyramid, if there's a lack of unity and a lack of harmony, and the staves are not so tightly together, they're slightly apart, then whatever you put inside will just go to waste. And he says that's the idea of Sholem. The mission is telling you a, a lesson over here. That Sholem is not sitting by ourselves in a room, being at peace with ourselves. Shalom is living in a community, living in a kehillah, living with Am Yisrael, and being b'shalom, all the factions and all the fractions, being b'shalom with each other. And if we can put all the pieces together and stay b'shalom, and I believe that the legacy of Munk, a, a kehillah like ours, which has so many things, so many extracurricular activities going on, all sorts of things that we do as a kehillah, and it's, uh, it's an amazing mila, and we should be zaycha that the shalom, the unity and the harmony, which is found in our kehillah, should be mamshech, and we should be zaycha to 
be filled with more and more bracha. Abiyat Gal Tzedek. Amen. Amen.